Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Greetings, Panther Nation. You're locked and loaded into Embrace Debate, a Carolina Panthers podcast here on the Keep Pounding Podcast Network, powered by the Fans First Sports Network. We've got a double header for you tonight. A lot of great Panther content. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson. Join each week, well, not each week, but join when we actually do it <laughs> by our two panelists from the uh, from the Carolina Cat Chronicles, Cody Lack, and from, uh, from Cody, uh, excuse me, Cody Lash, and I can't talk, and from the four-man rush, uh, Monty Fetty. Gentlemen, it's been a couple weeks uh, since we got on, and a lot of stuff has changed uh, with the Panthers since the last time we actually got a chance to do a show, so I'm excited to get it going. What's happening, fellas? How y'all doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. Happy to be here with y'all. Like, Monty is happy to fight on the internet about Bryce Young, you know, just, hey, man. just, another, just another day, man. That's it. Boy, Monty hey, man, I'm, I'm doing the Lord's work right now, if, if you don't know, Cody. I, I mean, you're doing, doing some work. work. I don't yeah, know if it's the Lord's work. work. You're doing some work. Yo, hey, yo Monty man. out here doing God's work, because he's he on I'm, the necks of, like, he kept so many receipts from, <laughs> like, September. That's all he does. I, I, I'm a firm <laughs> believer. Monty gets up in the morning, looks through my page from go my through my, Go through the Rolodex of C three takes and i go through all the roles like, today it's just day. Damn, he just kind of goes out of hey, like we're his going brother it's like his clippers 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 dudes and eventually dudes just stop talking they're just like what can we say like there's nothing else to really say uh so we're gonna get into that before we uh get really going a couple of notes you can now comment on these uh live shows on the uh twitter uh account at uh, kp pounding underscore ffsn uh you can also see this live on instagram because uh stream yard the fine folks over there have added that on so 
Now you've got multiple ways to watch this, whether it's LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, uh, the C3 channels, like it's all over the place. So you definitely spread word, tell your friends, and you can actually participate in the show. Uh, something that we like to do is interactive. Um, while you're watching, you can get a chance to comment, leave an opinion. If you have a topic you want us to debate, you can do that as well. We'll be in at least until uh, right before 930. That was the last part I wanted to tell you. We do have an epi- a new episode of The Cat Cave uh, with Michael Davis and Ryan Frick debuting at 9 30 on the uh the youtube channel youtube.com forward slash at tobacco road sports radio so if you're already here just stick around when the show's over back out to the homepage. it'll premiere at 9 30 and you'll have any more panthers content for your wednesday night um guys let's just get into it um the man bryce young let's just start with bryce young because <laughs> bryce young has been the topic of debate amongst panther nation for the past two or three weeks um he's clearly improved um that is not up for debate his box score matter of fact from Sunday, 23 for 36, 316 yards passing, two touchdowns, 63.9% completion rate, 78.1 QBR. Clearly the kid's best game of the entire season. Um, we've kind of seen a, a progression the past two weeks in particular where it felt like things were starting to finally slow down for Bryce. Um, the improvement, is it enough to quiet the haters? I'm going to let uh, Cody go first. But I know what side that uh, money's on, <laughs> so I'm going to start off with Cody, and then we'll we'll go to uh, we'll go to money. I mean, first. I was going to let Squabbles go first, but if I got to go, I'll do it. Uh, I mean, fair, look, man, look, 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 it was it was undeniably Bryce Young's best performance, and, and that was undisputed. Uh, I, this is the type of the type of performance that gets people excited about what Bryce has the potential to be in the future. Because let's be real, we have not seen a lot of this type of performance up until now. There have been a few one-off throws in each and every game, but for the most part, it's been last lackluster, or else I don't think there would have been this movement by some coaches to want to bench Bryce. Now, however, that's old stuff, and I think Bryce is playing well. I think you have to give him credit for settling down in that performance. He missed a few a little bit early, but then he had an incredible set of throws to DJ Chark on the run, uh, moving the pocket, and stepping up into the pocket, which is something that we've wanted to see him do all year. It was an all-around performance, and uh, and I think it showed something to build on. And that's something that we have not had for Bryce yet this entire season, man. So if you wanted some optimism for 2024, we needed that one in, uh, in a big way. All right, Monty. Floor is yours. Enough to quiet the haters. Bryce Young's improvement <laughs> over the past um, two uh, past I don't think there's. I don't think there's ever going to be a performance in his rookie season, especially you know now that we're the season's damn near over. We're 15 games into it. I don't think there's ever going to be enough performances this season to quite to fully quiet the haters, and, and that's kind of the sad part. But uh, but yeah, this is definitely you know uh, we're in the right direction. Um, you just definitely you saw the progression, and I think this is the one game that you saw kind of a full performance. You know, I think all season, well, Cody just hit it on the head. You know, we've seen spurts of it. You know, you see we've seen quarters, we've seen you know some uh, some halves. Like for for instance, the uh, Atlanta game, I feel like he played a very clean second half. The first half started off very slow. Even the Houston, the, even our first win of the season. You know, even in uh, Houston, I feel like he played a, a great second half. Started off slow against Houston. I feel like this game, it was kind of the most complete game we've seen of Bryce. Um, and this is what you I mean. This is what you get excited for. This is what you traded up to number one for. Uh, you know, three hundred plus yards, two touchdowns, uh, over a hundred passer rating. That's what you want. You know, with your quarterback. So um, I don't think it's enough to uh, fully quiet the haters. 
Um, but you know, I, but again, I feel like this is this this is something that you want to see with your rookie quarterback. We're in the right direction now, and Cody's hit it on the head perfectly. You know, I feel like it, you the game finally has slowed down for Bryce, and now, <laughs> I'll say this. It was just a matter of time for that to happen, but that's a, another debate for you know for later today. But you know, it was that was just a matter of time to happen. But yeah, I mean, it's it's good, it's great to see. Um, I I think one thing that we need to really do is give kudos to Thomas Brown. Uh, you know, Thomas Brown has came in the last two weeks or the last six quarters. He's played. I mean, he's coached a very clean game. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's he's gotten us to, to run the ball effectively. Chuba Hubbard is a complete different running back than what he was at the top of the season. So, uh, you know, I feel like those are things that we also don't really mention because of Bryce. I mean, because we're so we talk about Bryce so often. But, yeah, man, I'm, I mean, I'm excited. Yeah, I know if, if anybody follows me on Twitter, I've been going at it with people all day today. <laughs> and, you know, I just today. I definitely have fun in doing that. But, you know, yeah, I, I'm excited. man. So I got a couple things because there's uh, there were a couple on. Um, there's been a couple of weeks since I, I had my tweet about Bryce not dropping back in the pocket and got flamed on Twitter for it. Uh, literally, since I put that tweet out, Bryce has played better, and they've put him under center, and he started clowning the pocket. <laughs> so I feel like the two are kind of combined. Like, some of the stuff they're doing, it, it makes me wonder, was Frank Wright scared to mess with Bryce at all? Because if you look at it, when, when Frank was there, Bryce looked the same as he did at Alabama. They didn't mess with his mechanics at all. He was in shotgun 90% of the time. It was almost like they were trying to protect him from getting hit. So they just didn't want him under center. So Desmond, it's this limited is, what they can do. This is the reason. And everybody called me a big-time conspiracy theorist, and I was reading into things. This is part of the reason why I believe that Frank Reich never wanted Bryce in the first place. Now, you may say that's a problem, and I agree, and he's out the door. But if you look at the way this offense is built, Literally none of it from jump was built in the fashion that we all know Bryce plays well under. RPO, getting him out of the pocket, doing some of these things that he did at Alabama. And like now, just recently, we're finally starting to see those things. And it looks like a good product. That's why I'm hitting it on the head that you have to find a brand new head coach that's all in on Bryce and wants to build around him for the foreseeable future. Because I don't think that Frank Reich was that guy that wanted to do that. And I believe David Tepper kind of forced the situation on him. So now going forward, the coaching hire is by far the most important thing in this franchise. Yeah. We're going to get to the uh, coach and front runners as it stands here the last week of December here a little bit later on in the show. Um, I do want to, I, I want to give kudos to Bryce because one of the, the biggest knock on Bryce coming out of the draft was his size. Can he withstand the NFL? I think the kid has clearly proven that he can uh, <laughs> sustain the hits in the NFL. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I mean, like I was I was saying basically two weeks ago, maybe we should bench him. Not because I was afraid of him getting hurt, but I was like, what's the point of playing him? Like the offensive coordinator is not even going to be here next year. Yeah. It's going to be a whole new offense. So it's like, are we even doing him any good being out there? And I forgot who it was I was talking to. But they may, I think it might have been Jonathan Stewart during our part last week. But he was like, nah, you got to keep playing him because for games like last week, or, uh, you know, he needs to know how to win. Like he needs to know that feeling, like the game against Atlanta, beating the, beating a division rival and potentially putting a dent in their playoff chances. He needs to know how that feels like in the NFL. Like those are building blocks. So from that point on, I was like, okay, he needs to stay in there, but they need to stop, you know, feeding him to the wolves. Don't just put him out there and shotgun. 
and and not have but like two wide receivers running out there and they can't get separation and then three seconds later he's on the ground do something right. different <laughs> do something different i think that's kind of why i've taken so so much exception to it because it's like i feel like you hit just you just said it you know uh, you know if, if you're gonna play them you can't feed them to the wolves man uh you know especially you know first year you you don't have the personnel to kind of run the office that you ideally would like to see so it's like you you can't put him back there and expect him just to and that was the big thing, you know, the first first nine games. Just elevate the offense. Elevate the offense. Like, I don't think it's realistically spe- – you're, you're not even being realistic when you're saying, oh, you're supposed to elevate the offense, and, and he's getting sacked 40 times, you know, in the first 10 games. Like, that's yeah. that's not that's not realistic. It's not even fair. That, but the again, offense wasn't even built for him the way it feels right, like now. It, the previous exactly. One. Yeah. And, and, and if the argument is, oh, well, he has to up elevate, uh, you know, a below-average team or he's a bust – that's that we're, we're like we're not even talking about football anymore we're just driving narratives now because some people did not want Bryce some people did you know that's kind of where you know where I've, I've drawn the line in the sand but yeah I mean I think that you know it, it I didn't fully agree with benching them I think by the time you know especially after that uh New Orleans game I you know I think it was getting closer to time to bench him because again you know he, he just could not survive back there he yeah. was getting hit you know he was getting hit almost it felt like it seemed like every down it seemed like he always was under fire. Right. You know, <laughs> man, guys were dropping passes left and right. And it was like, come on, man. There's just no way we can get a fair shot. And now here we are. We have uh, Thomas Brown. Now he's had two games to really, you know, to, to under his uh, under his helm. You know, he's had really taken control of his offense. And you see, you know, I we went to back, we went back to more of a power style offense, but now you have a quarterback that can make things interesting now. You know, <laughs> I'll be honest, before the Green Bay game. If you'd have told me that we was gonna score thirty points and then you know and make it a close game, bro, nobody would have. T- I thought I'd tell you lying, bro. Yeah, like, laugh my no ass way off. that's that's a <laughs> no way that's a possibility. Now here we are, and now I'm saying, hey man, you give him some time, you give him some weapons, and, and Bryce can be a very score, a very scary quarterback, and, and now, it, it, it feels good to say that. There's reasons why he had time though that we have to address because I still see there's some there's some haters in here. Uh, Flame for Jesus puts completion percentage. I wouldn't of say haters. I well, say keeping it real. Try, maybe it's trying true. to keep it a little when keeping it real goes wrong maybe a little bit because some of this. I mean, but is, is it wrong? You're, you're including the first like 13 games where it was just like there was no game plan. It feels like looking back in hindsight. At this point, I'm only looking at December because everything that happened yeah. before that with Frank Wright, the, the pieces didn't fit, and we all knew it. We all knew the pieces didn't fit. Even Frank in press conferences sitting there telling us, yeah, we kept the offensive line, the offensive line coach because of what they did last year. They were great in the run game. They were smash mouth, blah, blah, blah. Two minutes goes by in that press conference. Frank is like, well, we're not – we don't want to be known as a smash mouth football team. That's not what we are. Which like, is you know, insane. Yeah, it's like, things like that. that. Like, what are you doing, Frank? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, don't tell people that we're not a smash mouth football team. We're in the NFL. Like, what are we does supposed he, to Does be? he know that he didn't have to say that out loud? Maybe he said it if he did. You know, maybe he <laughs> like, said it on because I'm looking back I think now. That Frank, may have got him fired, actually. Mm-hmm. The past that may have got him fired. The last couple of weeks of Frank Wright's regime, if you go back and look at his press conferences on Mondays, some of the stuff he was saying, it almost makes me feel like he was trying to get fired. Like they weren't going to change anything. And he you could tell he sensed there was something going on around him that he wasn't included in, that these other coaches were starting to talk to people besides him about what was going on on the team. And I think originally he felt like if I can just get through rookie year in the off season, we'll work with, with, with Bryce and his technique and all this other stuff. But it got to a point, I think it was right around Thanksgiving because me and Skylar and Stu were talking about this and Skylar made a great point that they weren't going to fire him on Thanksgiving, the week of Thanksgiving, because he had a bunch of local charity events that were already set up for the Panthers and to, to, to fire a head coach that week, and then have to install something new with a new interim head coach on a Tuesday or whatever. 
during Thanksgiving week when they were already off that Monday and everything else. It just wasn't yeah. feasible. But the next week was the target, and that's exactly what happened. Like it literally from that point on. So um in the end, though, uh Thomas Brown deserves a little bit of credit here because I saw my girl uh Vashti Hurt uh grill him about uh these fourth and one shotgun passes. <laughs> and to Thomas's credit, he didn't like clown or anything like that. He sat there and answered it in a football manner. And then on Sunday, I think it did happen like once they lined up that way, but for the most part, they ran the ball uh on those short lines, those short yard situations in third and one, fourth yeah. and one, whatever it was. Hey, um, we got our first QB sneak of the year. And you know, and I'll be was... honest, I think that's <laughs> That hey was... man, we should have been rushing. The... Hey man, I I just posted this on Twitter. In the game of low man wins, bro, Bryce is 5'10", 190. Bryce is going to win that. That's no like everything. <laughs> Look, the main thing was uh, Green Bay's defense was not expecting it at all. Like they did not expect that to happen right. in any of the scenarios they had for that play. It, none of them were Bryce Young was just going to run forward with it, and like literally it was just a hole. <laughs> like he was on the ground before anybody touched him. Like he probably could have kept running, but um, I don't know if we'll see a whole lot more of that, but. They're showing that they're not afraid to play with Bryce. These coaches are coaching like they know they're not going to be here next year, so they're just they're going they're going to pull it out there. They're going to go on fourth down. They're going to do it. Uh, some of these wild plays we've seen, they put little trick plays in there too. So, um, shout out to Thomas Brown. Shout out to Chris Tabor, uh, the interim head coach. Not this week, but last week I believe it was against the Falcons. The thing that sold me on him for the rest of the season, he called that timeout. At the, right at the right before the end of the first quarter or the second quarter or no it was first quarter uh they were driving and they were about to kick a field they were about to punt and he called a timeout because there was like three or four seconds left in the quarter he did it because he wanted the wind to be at the back of the punter as opposed to letting the time run out go to second quarter and you flip the field and now you're punting into the wind like it's little stuff like that that's time management that's good stuff that him realizing that he had a timeout he could burn to do that with and it ended up working out in their favor down the road with field position but Right, didn't do anything like that. You know what I mean? Like stuff that you you're like, why do they do that? And then you go, oh, that's why they did it. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> you know, like and and he's doing that kind of thing. And I think the players are, I think the players are really playing for him. Like it feels like they could have checked out, and they still look the defense in particular looks really engaged. I didn't look. What this is about out. interim head coaches getting the most out of football teams late in the season when there ain't nothing to be fought for. And leave it to an interim coach, and all of a sudden, it looks like a brand new team. Won't we? And then they never get hired. Like they never. Yeah, never. You know I mean? never. They never get to stick around. Um, and we'll no. we'll get to that here in a little bit too. Um, let's um, let's go down to the next uh topic here, and it's actually familiar face, Mr. Cam Newton. Um, Cam Newton's been all over social media the past couple of weeks, uh, talking about the Carolina Panthers in particular. Um, I, we can touch on the whole game manager, game changer, uh, comments. I believe he was a thousand percent correct. And anyone in the media that was questioning whether or not he should be able to ask that question or say that statement, they don't yeah. realize he was a game manager. I mean, not a game manager, he was a game changer. Like he, yeah. he, he, that was him. <laughs> so like, if yeah. anyone has any like pedestal to stand on and talk about, he's this, he's this, he's this, it's him. <laughs> like he, he was him. Like, so I don't know. NFL veteran, once upon a time, MVP has the right to give his opinion on quarterbacks in the NFL. What a concept. There was a, and, there and, was a and, point and, in time where the entire is, NFL. How was, wild is it that a former MVP actually knows what a game changer is? Like, how wild is that? How mind boggling are, are and it's not, right. and it's not a diss to be a game manager. 
the greatest quarterback of all time was a game manager, Tom Brady. Like he wasn't physically gifted where he could put a team on his back and just like Drew Brees, Drew Brees, game yeah, manager, man. Peyton Manning, game manager. <laughs> like all of them are pretty much game man. Game changers. We saw a game changer uh, Monday, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is a game changer. Like literally, the Ravens do not lose regular season games if Lamar Jackson plays. Like they, I think they've only lost like twelve or something over like six years in the regular season. They won like fifty something games. If they he's never playing, lost in prime time either. Yeah, they're, they're, it's ridiculous. And Lamar, man, he he's literally Cam Newton two point He's kind of a mix of Cam and RG three. He's like RG. I would say he's more like a player. Michael Vick two point Wouldn't you? I know we've talked about this a little bit before, but to me, Ooh. like Lamar, Lamar's gonna make you miss in open space, and Cam might make you miss, but Cam will also go right through. Go right through you. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? And I don't know if thing. Lamar is this gener- this generation of quarterbacks that are out here that are these game changers. I feel like they all are birthed from Cam, not Vic. Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Cam cool. came from Vic, but like Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, uh, who am I missing? Jalen Hurts. Um, Justin Fields. Justin uh, Anthony Fields. Richardson. You know, even, even smaller guys. like Even Kyle Bryce Murray. Young to a certain degree. Like, yeah, yeah I mean, even, I'll even say Colin Murray. Like, Colin Murray, his, his style of play. He's just, he's just not 6'4", 250, but his style of play is a whole different game. problem. You know, yeah. <laughs> he, 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 you know, he runs around there. He, you know, he creates, he creates plays, man. He's a, in my opinion, Kyle Murray is a game changer. And um, he just hasn't been healthy enough to, to fully display that. I, hey, I'll die on the Kyle Murray hill, just like with Bryce. I feel like Kyle Murray gets a bad rep. Because being on the same team, I feel like you you put him on a lot of these different offenses. You put him in San Francisco, San Francisco runs away with the NFC. Mm. I, I, that's that's kind of just honest God how I feel. And somebody but, made um, a good point that with Brock Purdy because a lot of it was when he mentioned Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott. And really the Dak Prescott ones, because at the time Dak was playing fantastic. So everyone was like, oh, my God, absolutely. Dak Prescott's not a game manager. What's happened since he's made those comments? Dak's come back to earth. Brock threw four interceptions on Monday night, came back to earth. I mean, he was playing the number one defense in the league, but still, like, those are still game managers. You can be a game manager and be and be a top five quarterback in the league. It happens every year. There's only to Cam's point that made the most sense. There's only three or four game changers in the league at any given time, really. And right now, I just named them: Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Hmm. <sighs> Who am I forgetting? I say when healthy. I mean, because we can never count the old man out. Aaron Rodgers, you can't. Aaron Rodgers, that's what it was. That's, that was the four he out. said. Yep, that was the four he yeah, said. Rodgers, yeah. Mahomes, uh, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. Josh Allen is Cam Newton. <laughs> he's literally Cam Newton. Like he's just a little bit slower, uh, but his frame is pretty much the same. His arm's kind of the same. Cam's a stronger. Cam has a stronger arm than Josh Allen does. Uh, not by much, but he does. I don't know. I mean, can't they, I, I say this: they can both throw the ball seventy-five it. to eighty yards. Yeah. Like, oh, so yeah, I've, I've, I've seen Cam throw it seventy-five time. yards flat-footed before. Like, I mean, the dude—he was just yeah. a unicorn. Like, and that's a game changer. A game changer is a unicorn. You can't just go. You can't. You can't get rid of a unicorn. You can't and him a unicorn. to do some of those things. And by right. the way, like, I, I'm, I'm not trying to take it off topic. I know we're talking about Cam, but that's why I don't think it's so disrespectful. To say that Bryce Young, one day, you're hoping that he's going to be a high-level game manager. Because all those things that you just mentioned, that isn't built into Bryce Young's game. He doesn't have the he doesn't have the he doesn't have the bazooka for an arm. You're not going to use him on power run schemes. And that's all right. That's not a knock on Bryce either. But if you look at what a game manager is, someone who runs the offense at an extremely high level. 
yeah, I think Bryce would fit into that category, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's not an insult. I thought some people were going to start commenting on this because um, it's been a topic for like two weeks, and people have been debating it. Uh, Chunk says Drew and Tom were actual game changers. I don't think we should confuse athleticism for game changers. I'm not. I'm I'm not confusing people that could put teams on their backs and win games, divisions, conferences, Super Bowls. Like Drew and Tom were exceptional quarterbacks. But they needed yeah. to have pieces around them in order to be great. Like Tom Brady, yeah, fine. There was those early Super Bowl teams with the Patriots, he didn't have a whole lot on offense, like in terms of name brand, like recognition. What he did have was a top five defense in the league. And they dinked and dunked it down the field. That's not a game changer. <laughs> That's a definition of a game manager. Well, Same Chuck with Drew. Saying, but Chuck is saying we're confusing game changer and athleticism. They're not always the same. But there is a, a little bit of that that is correlated. Mm-hmm. So athleticism, I mean, are we going to say that part of what makes Lamar Jackson a game changer isn't correlated to his incredible athleticism? Because it is. Like, not yeah. everyone can do what, what Lamar Jackson can do. Another thing, too, you don't grow from a game manager into a game changer. You can grow from a game changer into a game manager as you get older in your career. But I can't name a single quarterback that started off as a game manager that turned into a game changer before their career was over. Like, I, I, I don't fully agree with that. Because <laughs> I, 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 I've been I, racking I, my brain. Who is it? I mean, well, well Josh Allen. I mean, if we're going to be honest, Josh He started Allen, out that way, though. I mean, like, Josh he's always Allen, like this. I mean, but if you think about it, he developed into a game changer. He, started, he came into the season. And matter of fact, Josh Allen's rookie season was terrible. He was absolutely terrible, you know. So I mean, so, and, I mean, I, was uh, Trevor Lawrence? Trevor Lawrence showed flashes, but Tra- Trevor Lawrence wasn't didn't you know didn't show game changer ability his rookie season. He developed into that. So I mean, and I, I think that I think you can develop into a game changer. I think <clears throat> what we don't talk about enough: the quarterback position is a lot more dependent on on the scheme than it is just being. Uh, over crazy talented like like you said there's only about a handful of players that regardless of scheme they, they're going to take over a game and then the rest of the league is game changers i mean game managers but do i believe you can develop and depend depending on the system into a game changer absolutely we've see, seen it see what you just said there contradicts the whole thing like if you have to depend on the system to change him into a game changer he's not a game changer he's just a yeah. very good i, game I mean but, i mean but, but okay i'll say this so uh at the what were Josh Allen as the example? Was Josh Allen the game changer his first two seasons? I think he was. He just wasn't good at it. That, well, that's, about, I, but I, you I also think, drafted I think, him. I don't think he changed but, into a game changer. He was always that's why he got drafted top ten. But he just wasn't. He was young and he wasn't good at it. Which is kind of bringing me back to my original question of it, what is Bryce Young in your mind? Is he a game changer or a game manager? Like eventually down the road, because to my point, they're usually what they are from the very beginning. They just get better at what they are. It's not a matter of changing into. Uh, from a game manager to a game changer. We knew Mike Vick was a game changer when he showed up. We knew Cam Newton was a game changer when he showed up. Josh Allen, pretty much. Lamar Jackson. Pat Mahomes, when he finally got a start, that dude is different. Like, he's a game changer. He can put a team on his back and take them to a Super Bowl with no offensive line and wide receivers that are dropping That's not the conversation we were having about Josh Allen or Trevor Lawrence, for that or for that matter, their first two seasons, bro. Or at least Josh Allen. You know, I, I vividly remember people were just like with Bryce. You know, people were saying Josh Allen's going to be a bust. Josh Allen, he's not accurate enough. He's a, he's a big athlete, but he doesn't he he doesn't see the field well. These were things that people were saying about Josh Allen early early in his career, and now here we are, four or five years later, we're saying okay, he's a game changer. But again, that takes development. You know, it it well, takes it takes it takes. Hey, we're we're not having a conversation. It he didn't have that big jump until he got a top five receiver. Now that's true. now. Now, no, whether you now, whether you say that is based on scheme, whether you say that's based on Josh Allen, 
I'm I'm saying it's a little bit of both. That's that's my argument. You know, again, you can develop into being a game changer. And and to be honest, Cam Newton was a game changer to start off. Yes, did Cam Newton develop from a a raw talent of a game changer to an elite talent as a game changer as he as he developed? Absolutely. Because so I was going to say what you just said. Point. There was people that thought Cam was going to be a bust year one. Absolutely. Just Josh Allen. Absolutely. So, and, same and, kind of thing. Like, you know? That's kind of my point that it can be developed. Yeah, you know, I mean, and I'll be honest, I don't agree with Tom Brady not being a game changer. Like, I, I, oh, do, God, look, look, I mean, oh, God, I, if we're going to have a conversation, Tampa, <laughs> he went to Tampa Bay, and in the year they, they won a Super Bowl. I, I'm sorry, you can't put five quarterbacks in Tampa Bay at that time and they won a the Super Bowl. Oh, That's, I think you could have. I think with the, what they had, Mike Evans and uh, who's the other wide receiver? It's Tom Brady, though. Okay, but like you said, it's Tom Brady. Tom Brady is looked at as the greatest player of all time. There's no way you look at the greatest player of all time as a game manager. But also, Desmond, if you look yeah. at it this way, like, when, <laughs> but look, when, like, like when, when Randy Moss went to play with Tom Brady, like, you know, a lot of people wouldn't necessarily think that they were the best of two matches because he didn't have that crazy arm talent. But, dude, when, when Tom Brady had the opportunity, he was one of the best deep ball throwers in the NFL. Yeah. So it's like, to well, me, you have to. To me, right, but, okay, but we can <laughs> do that with Patrick Mahomes. All right, but we can do that with Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Recently, he's had a ton of help. We can do that for a lot of people. You need talent around your quarterback for them to be successful. I don't think that you can say six uh, Super Bowls. Is anything less than a game changer, even though it didn't have that high level mm-hmm. of, of now hold on, hold on, wait, because I'm I'm a I'm the biggest Patriot hater on earth. Y'all are changing history a little bit because <laughs> the first three Super Bowls that Tom Brady won, it wasn't necessarily him winning those Super Bowls, it was the defense. It was Bill Yeah, I mean, but I mean, but then you also gotta think about it, bro. They they went toe-to-toe with um, I mean, they went toe-to-toe with Seattle and beat Seattle. So I mean, that's, that was the, that's a Hall of Fame defense. Well. <laughs> Seattle messed that whole thing up. We all hey, know. Man, it. Hey, at the end of the day, hey, bro. At the end of the day, New England win, though, bro. I mean, we yeah. we can we can go back at every single Super Bowl saying, oh, well, if this play happens, then then the outcome changes. I mean, but, he was also the had he was a starting quarterback in the Super Bowl against the Rams, where it was like 15 points scored total between the two teams. Like, he, uh, hey, man, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I'll, I'll make the argument there that offense that he played, the offense that he had against the LA team was not great without Tom Brady, bro. I don't know. Like people started uh hitting like uh chunks as Eli's a game manager. Actually, Eli, I, I was seeing some of your comments as you were coming through. You're talking about Drew Brees. He took the over games of 400 yards, pro had 5k seasons. Look who he was throwing to. Like literally, like he wouldn't throw in the scrubs, like he had like like all pro first team. NFL wide receivers, tight ends, Jimmy Graham, like like dudes are going in the Hall of Fame. Like it wouldn't. I'm not saying a game changer can do it all by himself every game. I'm saying a game changer. You know what a game changer is when you see it. Like people, are, you're not going to compare Lamar Jackson's skill set to Tom Brady's. Like it just it don't work. It's not the same. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You can't compare Cam Newton's skill set to Dak Prescott. They're not the same player. Like, one is clearly oh, this, and one 100%. is clearly that. Yeah, but that, 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 that had to be that. It's that not that game manager. But look, in NFL, in today's NFL especially, it's not uh, you know wrong to say that you draft the physical talent and what that player could end up being one day. So Josh Allen, did it take him some time? Yes, but you drafted him knowing that he was a raw player that would take some time to build on. It's literally the same reason why the Colts drafted Anthony Richardson at number four. Not because of who he is right now, but who he could be one day. And I think this goes back to the whole, you know, the question about Bryson, the game manager. A lot of the reasons why a lot of people were upset about moving up to number one for a 5'10", 200-pound quarterback was that he doesn't necessarily have all of these physical traits that jump off the screen that are a can't-miss type of prospect. You're drafting him because of his mental ability and his ability to read defenses and manipulate the offensive line and doing all those things. Yes, but that's like a elite trait, bro. That's, 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 that's a right. game-changing type trait. Yeah, bro. but you can, you can get better as a quarterback functioning under center. You might never be able to teach the type of arm talent that a CJ Stroud or Anthony Richardson have. Right, that's, but you don't Yeah, that's that, a god getting count. I mean, I mean like, realistically speaking, so, so do y'all not look at Joe Burrow as a game changer? I do. I do think yeah, I do. Okay. But yeah. what what physical traits do Joe Burrow has that, that makes him an elite, that makes him a game changer? He's right. Right. Exactly. Like in his arm. Right. It's I mean, his mind, but I was but Joe Burrow doesn't have a big arm. Yeah, I was in his arm. Joe Burrow might not be an A plus in any category. But he's a B plus in every category. Yeah, and I'll so take that. Not, he's, not, yeah. he's not below. He's not below average in any of those traits that you would mention that it, you would want a quarterback to have. If Bryce was Joe Burrow's size, we wouldn't even be having this conversation about Bryce. Exactly. It, exactly. I was yeah, going to say the only funny. the only real big knock that we can make about Bryce right now is his size. Yeah. He's not. He's not. A, he's not a below average. He's not a below average athlete. He doesn't have a below average arm. He doesn't have a below average mental for the game. I mean, so if we're going to make that argument, if Joe Burrow is a game changer, y'all, opinion, why can't Bryce be? He can hard. be. That's, I've never said he can't be. I'm asking, what is he? What do you think he's going to be? Like, I don't. Know. I mean, well, no, I guess. Well, I, really I was more actually Cody because Cody said he felt like his his ceiling will be a right, well, then let me ask you game this. manager. Yeah, go, go ahead, Cody. All right, well then let me ask you this: Would you would you call Tua a game changer or a manager? Game manager. I, I would call I would call Tua a game manager. Now that being said, I also feel like Bryce is a little better than Tua. I, I thought Bryce was better than By Tua. What method, though? Mm. Well, I'm saying when you're looking at Tua, like that's the exact thing that you want to build for Bryce. It's that type of style. What does yes. Bryce do better than Tua? I don't think he necessarily has a better arm. I don't think he has. You know, they're they're relatively similar in their play style. Tua's so, in my opinion, like if if. To me, that's the comparison. If if Bryce can look like Tua does this season, then that's a victory for us. I still wouldn't qualify that as a game changer. Let me get to the question that's been on the screen for a little bit because I, I didn't mean to go over into the game changer comments, but I knew it was out there. We hadn't we hadn't been man, apologize. We ain't been on in a month, y'all. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the actual question on the screen, Cam Newton's comments during that same podcast. Uh, on becoming Panthers team president. Is it a good or a bad idea? Now, he's since doubled down since the first podcast, uh, I think early last week, 
came back again at the end of this past week and doubled down on it and actually explained what he would do and what it would mean and everything else. And uh, I've, uh, well, I can't go too deep into it, but I've heard rumblings that there are, there are people in the building that are actually for this, not necessarily taking the job away from the current team president, because there is a team president right now. So like we're dealing with their livelihoods or whatnot, but uh, having some role in the front office for Cam Newton, he clearly wants it. He even said, make it incentive based, which I thought was like, huh, all right. You know, he's basically bet on me. Like I can get this turned around because the one thing I was worried about um, when they didn't hire Steve Wilkes, the one thing that settled me on them not hiring Steve Wilkes was hiring Frank Wright. And the number one reason why was for all the reasons I wanted Steve Wilkes. I feel like we're getting to a point with David Tepper where we're starting to lose our identity in terms of our, our history, like our, our lineage, like what we do. Yeah, we've never won a Super Bowl before, but we've been here for 27 plus years. Like we have history. There's there's things here I was worried we we're going to lose. And it felt like that was going to start to happen. And then they hired Frank Wright, who had all the storyline, played for the Panthers, first quarterback, lived in Charlotte 20 years, all the stuff I liked about Steve Wilkes, I liked about Frank Wright. That didn't work out. So now I'm back to square one where I'm like, okay, I'm worried they're going to bring in somebody that has no idea what the identity of the Panthers are, like Matt Rule, and tries to change everything, pushes all the, the old players out, which was something Frank Wright embraced and brought them back in. I don't want that to be. So if Cam is in the front office, he can be that link to the past for the Panthers and going forward into the future. Now, what his job would be, I'm not quite sure. Uh, I think people think Cam is not smart because of his outfits and his hats, which is ridiculous to me. Let that man live. If he wants to wear a top hat, then let him wear a top hat. Like it's, what's the problem? Like I, <laughs> I doesn't own like three million plus dollar businesses between the hats, the cigars, and, Shop, the, and the iconic saga, his production crew. Like oh man, and the, they've been blown up this year. Especially he's, the a, he's a business man. Like businessman. people clown on Cam because he's not playing that they think that he wants to be. What Cam's doing 100% what he wants to be doing. Yep. Like he's, dude, yep. he has made the internet so much more fun the past three months. It's just him, him. being he hasn't on there, at all. Like, he's, giving his opinion you know and being fun and having these real conversations. Cam Newton has always felt accessible to the fans. Cam, and dude, that's why so many people want him in this job because he knows how to get the fan base excited. And I'm going to be real. I don't even know what a team president does if I'm being a thousand percent honest <laughs> with you. But if it involves getting the fan base hyped up and active again and, you know, uh, participating in Panther stuff, then I'm 100% down for Cam Newton being involved in the organization in some way, shape, or fashion. I'm going to go yeah. ahead and put it out because I hadn't, I've never really said it verbally but in my head i've always known and it really was bo jackson for the longest for me cam newton's my favorite nfl player of all time like yep. if i put all the pieces together like i've watched every one of his games i've rooted for him like this dude is i vicariously lived through him every sunday he made my team relevant like nationally like yeah do you remember uh y'all remember like being on twitter or facebook on wednesday and people are still debating about what cam newton wore on sunday at the podium yeah like I mean, dude, like he had that. Betty White dabbing, bro. Like, I, yeah. I feel like that. Betty White know, that, dabbing. Yeah, man. Like, you know, you had you had rich, rich people that that never knew what the dab was out there dabbing, you know, because of Cam Newton. Man, hey, I'll, I'll take it a step uh, further, fellas. Like, Cam is a trendsetter. Like, he when is. you look at the NFL now and look at it 10 years ago when, like, when he first came into the league, dude, this Cam had fingerprint. It's all, you know, just from the way players dress. 
from for you know from the having fun on the sideline, taking pictures, celebrating the celebrations, the, the, the touchdown celebrations. Absolutely. That started with the, the 2015 Carolina Panthers Correct. forced the NFL to change that rule because of uh, what they were doing that year. Uh, I was talking to Stu last week when we were doing the Believe and Panthers podcast. It's like, man, I came across a picture from 2015. I forgot who y'all were playing, but literally half the team is like like getting set up for like a selfie on the sideline. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure the game is still going on. That's the NFC championship game. Yeah, yeah. The and he was that's like, it. yeah, he was like, yeah, it was the NFC championship game. It was Arizona. Um, he was like, yeah, the defense was out there, but some of the defense was in that picture. <laughs> they were already out of the game. So we all posed. And I remember it so vividly because if you go find that picture, Greg Olson is standing off kind of to the side, like in the picture, but not really in it. And he has a look on his face like he has no idea what's going on. <laughs> and it gets captured in the picture. So you see all these dudes posing or dabbing or whatever. And you see Greg Newton off to like the left, kind of looking like this, and he doesn't know what's going on, and he's just in the picture. But that that kind of stuff is just iconic to me. He brought all that back in. Why would we not want that in our franchise? You know, it's ours. Like that belongs to us. And he proudly proclaimed North Carolina and Charlotte home. Like this is his spot. He wants to be known here. He said it when he first got here. He noticed it was all Redskins, Steelers, Cowboys, uh, 49er fans coming in here whenever they played the Panthers. He's like, uh-uh. That's got to stop. And by the time he got to his peak, it had stopped. So I don't know what a team president does either, uh, Cody, but I'm all for him being a part of this franchise in terms of uh, in some shape or form in the front office doing some team ambassador or something. What's Don Capers doing? <laughs> like what, what? He's just an advisor. We don't know what he does. Like or uh, what's his name? Caldwell, uh, Jim Caldwell. Was it? Yeah, exactly what's Jim Caldwell yeah. doing? What exactly would you say you do here, Jim? Like, you know, what is your job? Because nobody knows. So we can just give Cam an advisor role. He could be in the front office and be good to go. I'd be perfectly fine with that. Um, let's get to the nitty gritty. Head coach and front runners for the Panthers. As you sit here, three games to go. We already know uh, Chris Tabor ain't it. He ain't gonna be around. Um, we're pretty positive most of this coaching staff's gonna be gone. Although I will say there's a sentiment setting up for them to try to retain. Defensive coordinator is Euro Ibero, and I'm all for that. It's just a matter if he would want to stay because he might get some head coaching gigs himself um, with the job he's done with his Panther defense. Uh, Monty, let's start with you. As it stands today, December 27, 2023, who would be your number one pick uh, to head coach the Carolina Panthers next year? I I, I think the layup answer is, is Ben Johnson, man. Um, you know, offensive coordinator for uh, the Lions. Um, it, I'm I'm kind of sold on Navarro as well. You know, I, I you know I don't want to get into the uh, you know the debate of having to lose another good coordinator to another team, and then you know, then we see them go off and thrive somewhere else. You know, I think Navarro is going to be would be a great head coach candidate. But you know, I think you know the elephant in this room is Tepper wants a, a offensive guy that's going to to be able to develop and and grow with Bryce. I think Ben Johnson is kind of the easiest answer uh, to go for, you know, especially with all the reports that Tepper's willing to pay him basically whatever he wants to come here. So, um, you know, I that feel like that's cap. Only yeah, man, has nothing to do with the cap. Doesn't yeah. affect the play, uh, you know, the the team basically <laughs> at all. Do it. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think Ben Johnson is the easiest answer. It's between him and, and Navarro for me. Um, you know, e- either one, I feel like you get a you get a good leader of men, and that's kind of the biggest thing for me. You know, I, I could care less if he's an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator. Uh, for instance, Baltimore, they're arguably one of the best teams in the league, and their head coach was a special teams coordinator. So, um, you know, that just goes to show you how much that I care about that. But, yeah, I, I'd probably say Ben Johnson is my choice. It's funny, too, because, like, I see people going, well, who's going to want to come to Carolina, like, if they think they might get fired in 12 months? And I'm sitting there like, who wouldn't want to come to Carolina? If you get you get fired in 12 months, fine. You still got three years of guaranteed salary from David Tepper. Like, 
that's the job to go do. <laughs> like, and everybody's also forgetting those are all bargaining chips on the favor of Ben Johnson. Yep. Because Ben yeah. Johnson's gonna say, Oh, you want me? Okay, I need more, well, I need more than 12 hey, bucks. you yeah. you fired how many head coaches in a row? I'm a little I'm gonna need a little bit of a financial incentive to make sure that mm-hmm. not only I'm going somewhere where I'm gonna be financially compensated in a job that you know isn't necessarily in the highest of demand. But I'm going to need some time to build this team. So I promise you're not going to want and done me either. Yeah. So whatever, dude, whatever we do for Ben Johnson, it's going to be astronomical. And I guarantee you that people are already going to be criticizing that, oh, we paid too much for an unproven coach. I'm of the mindset that I think there's a bunch of good options that, that I think uh, have been tossed around. I'm still a believer in Bobby Slovic. Uh, I know that that Texans organization wanted Bryce Young. Before they drafted Stroud, apparently they were going to move up for him. I think that would be a perfect type of offensive system for Bryce Young, that Kyle Shanahan type of system. Uh, I wouldn't be mad at Harbaugh just because Harbaugh, with that type of uh, seniority and that tenure that he has in both the NFL and college, he might be the one person that has enough of of a resume to tell David Tepper, look, David, thanks for your input. But we're going to do it this way on the football side of the operations and you control the business. So I'm happy with a lot of them. I'm not mad at Ben Johnson. I understand he's the name that everybody wants right now. I'd be happy with that as well. I would love a scenario where we brought in Ben Johnson as the head coach and we're still able to retain Navarro as the defensive coordinator. That's, so, that's yeah. <laughs> that's that would that's be, the one. That's that. the one you want right there. That way you have some continuity going into next season and you're not having to revamp both sides of the football. Y'all understand that if that goes down, Scott Fitter is probably still the general manager. I don't, like, I don't I don't know if, if, if Scott survives, bro. I, I just don't. Well, know. I'm open to either of them, Desmond, because the fact that we haven't fired him yet, it does give me pause. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you wanted him out, why wouldn't you have already fired him so that way you can already kind of do it you know, together. Put out yeah. the feelers of who you're looking for. So he helped hire he helped hire Frank Wright. <laughs> I mean, like, how can you fire a dude that's only doing what the owner's telling him to do? Like the owner can't blame him for the mistakes if the owner's in his ear going, Hey, I want that guy. I want this guy. I want this. And he goes out and gets him, or he's telling him, um, you know, like I mentioned uh on a previous pod. David Tepper on draft night explained exactly what this season was going to be. And we all skipped over it. All Panthers content creators, C3, four man rush, myself, believe all of us. We, none of us even thought about the comment he said at the time, but he was talking about how they made the trade with the bears, the Texans. He got tired of waiting with the Texans. They just skipped over and went to the bears and got the pick. And he said, the reason why they drafted Bryce young over CJ Stroud and the other ones is because they felt like he was a quintessential point guard that could basically elevate the rest of the players around him. And this was the key. They could spend less money on skill position players because they had Bryce Young. And Bryce Young could be that that, that point guard that could distribute the ball. That didn't work. Look what they did. They go sign DJ Chark. They sign Hayden Hurst. They sign all these, like, a 33-year-old Adam Thielen. They sign all these skill position players where you're like, mm, is there a one? <laughs> is there a one on this team? You overpaid for Miles Sanders for a scheme that you weren't even really running. And, and look at what you got. So, like, he told us what they were going to try to do. David Tepper is running this team like a hedge fund. Like, he's quick to dump when it, when the stock's going low. He'll, he'll dump that thing. He won't even think twice about it. He'll dump it. He'll buy early. Uh, he'll jump on something. If he thinks it's, like, the next thing, he'll jump on that. He's analytically driven. He's all about stats and numbers and probability. But 
football, you can't really run it that way. Like, I understand you can't kind of in baseball a little bit, but not really in football. It ebbs and flows so much. So they've told us what they want to do, but now he's seen it doesn't work. So now it's up to Tepper to see, okay, will he change this, like with the next hire? Plus this, this uh, narrative of him being super quick with these coaches, to be honest, he kind of let Matt Rule stay here a little bit longer than he needed to be. And Rivera was already here. Like Rivera was already here for – was that – it was – is that the uh, 2018? No, 2019. He bought the team in 2018, so Rivera was here for that whole season. That's when he was 62 and it bought well, him out. 2019. They fired him at the end of 2019 with like three games left. Right, and they and he did that so he'd have an opportunity to get ahead of head coaching yeah, jobs. Get ahead of it. Yeah, he did him. So a favor. why not do that with Federer? Like that's my that's my thing. Because I don't think he's going anywhere. Like I really, I, feel, I don't I, think he's going to go anywhere. Uh, and and that hurts my soul. I but. hope we're wrong, <laughs> but I, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I, he's a I, yes man. He's a puppet. Like he's going to do the wants, He's you know? going to do the bidding. Of David Tepper, and he, you know, he he'll say jump, and Federer's gonna say how high. I want uh what my my uh my homegirl Kieran here says. I want Harbaugh. I've been on record for two years. Want Harbaugh as well. Um, storybook ending. Michigan wins the national championship in the next two weeks. Harbaugh leaves, comes to the NFL. He was stiffing around Carolina last year. He was the one calling us. We were the ones that didn't return the call because we didn't want to deal with him at the time. But now. If Harbaugh came back to the NFL, he's only going to go two spots. He'll come here or he'll go to L.A., to the Chargers. He played for both. Like, And to be honest, which do you think is a better situation, the Chargers or the Panthers going into next year? I I don't want to be biased. Um, <laughs> I, I, to be honest, I think both positions are not, aren't great. You know, the Chargers, you have Herbert, and then you have a bunch of aging players, you yep. know, bad contracts. Yep. Uh, you, you need a new head coach there, too. Um, here you have a young quarterback with a bunch of old, you know, a bunch of mediocre players. So I don't think either position is great. I do think that me being a biased fan, I think it, it's a little easier, you know, because because you also got to think about it, you have to pay. You're going to have to pay Herbert here in the next year, year or so. So you're yeah. going to, or I'm sorry, no, you've already paid Herbert. I'm sorry. So yeah, you already paid Herbert. Oh yeah, you already got it. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah. So you so you just paid Herbert. Um, you know, we've seen now QB contracts can be detrimental for your team. Uh, especially when you're paying them like that. And, I, yeah, I'm going to record. I think Herbert's a little overrated. Uh, but, you know, so, so again, I, I I do think that, you know, it's probably a little easier to build around this team with the rookie quarterback on a rookie contract. But I don't think either either destination is, is you know, head over heels the best position. I mean, you can make argument that both that, that both destinations stink, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, at least our owner has more money than the Chargers owner. Um, yeah. Yeah, so you, you can get paid more. Um, and any victory is a victory, huh? <laughs> yeah, any hey, I'll take Our owner made bang, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Blame for just says Harbaugh doesn't like short quarterbacks. He would come if he would let him get his own in 2025, though. Tepper ain't coming off of Bryce. This is his project, like that until it's clear that it just ain't gonna work. And it's not clear, in fact, they're turning the narrative to it, this, this probably is gonna work. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, I don't know if Harbaugh, I don't know, actually. I don't, nobody knows. We haven't really talked to him. So, Another thing, too, I don't think we need to hire an offensive-minded head coach. I just think we need a really good offensive coordinator. But, uh, actually, Stu brought this point up again, too. You almost kind of have to hire him as the head coach because if you hire a really good offensive coordinator, you're going to have to replace him in two door. years anyway. Yeah, because he's, he's going to be out the door and be a head and coach. <laughs> so. the, the reason you hired Frank Reich as an offensive-minded coach was the ability to pair him with Bryce for the foreseeable future. I don't want us to abandon that plan 
just because we hired the wrong coach the first go around. Like Mike McDaniel's, him and Tua are together. Yeah, you know those, those their success is connected to one another. Yeah, but then really? when you look at Sean McDermott in in Buffalo, I mean that's it's it's or or for it, for D'Amico Ryan's in Houston, you know they're actually kind of it feels like they're kind of D'Amico and CJ got a good thing, right? Going. Yeah, I, I, and, in Buffalo, you know, that, yeah. that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. I I I, I, I mean, Cody, I do don't don't get me wrong, I do agree with you. I I would like to see a you know offensive head coach to kind of grow with. Bryce as well. I don't necessarily think that's gonna. I mean, because be honest, let let's be real. You know, offensive coordinators they 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 do come and go. I mean, teams good teams know how to learn. Uh, they learn how to to win with them. They learn how to well win without them. You know, you got for instance Dallas. I know we were just talking about how Dallas has kind of fell falling back to earth. But just just a year ago, we were they were saying how Mike McCarthy wouldn't be able to uh, survive without Kellen Moore, and now that offense is much better without Kellen Moore. So you know, I feel like offensive coordinators. Yeah, you, I mean, play. good teams win win with them. Good teams win without them. And and, and if you're not, if you're not a good team without a good offensive coordinator, you're just not a good team in my opinion. So yeah, and still to this day, I'm still trying to figure out why our defense was ranked as high as third. Like, I haven't looked to see where they are now, but they were third in yards per game. And I was like, well, some of that is short fields, like turnovers with like 20 yards to go to the touchdown, that kind of thing. Some of it is the defense playing pretty well, but. I was just like, how is that possible? <laughs> like, how's up? We're giving up 20 something points a game. So it's like, some of this has to be like pick sixes and some other things. I don't know. But Ebro's done a fantastic job with dudes like uh, Sam Franklin. Uh, that's a reason why I think Fitterer might stay because for all the problems we've said he's caused, he's kept that defense afloat. He's the one that's out there pulling people off the street and like practice squads or whatever and bringing them in and they're starting and playing really well. So there's, a, there's both sides to the story with Scott Fitterer. So we'll see. He's still here, um, so we'll see what the deal is with that. Uh, with uh, Harbaugh, Patty Grimes says, I live in Michigan. The talk is if Harbaugh leaves Michigan, he's going to Las Vegas or Chicago. Steven brings up an interesting theory. If the Bills crash out of the playoffs, they could trade out Sean McDermott for Harbaugh to get over the hump. I could see that happening. Like that, they got the defense, they got a quarter, like everything's there. All he has yeah. to do is step in. That sounds ridiculously close to what might actually occur. <laughs> so, but I also um, want to give a little pushback to something that Mike said. He might think that Justin Herbert is is overrated. Oh, but the simple fact that the Chargers have Justin Herbert as a quarterback that is going to be one of the premier destinations for a coach to go to because when you have that type of talent, someone that intelligent, tall, a, a big time arm. Like that's you want a quarterback like Justin Herbert. That's why you hear Harbaugh. That's why you hear potentially Bill Belichick. Dude, I wouldn't even uh, rule Ben Johnson out of that equation too. So again, man, it's like what what do you have at the quarterback position? That's one of the biggest things that's going to lure a coach Mm. over to your team, and that's why uh, the game against Green Bay was so important for the for Bryce. Not just for himself and his own confidence, but for your potential head coach to look at that performance and hopefully the next two performances and say, yeah, okay, there's there's a reason why you would build on Bryce Young for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna stank, uh, I'm gonna state my future to that guy right there, someone that really believes in him. Another thing too, I just thought about while you were talking, Cody, that would swing the the thing back to Carolina. While the Chargers do have Justin Herbert, the Chargers have also paid Justin Herbert two hundred and fifty plus million dollars. Right, yeah. Bryce have a rookie contract, so like, yeah, and, that's, and it's a lot harder know. to build around. I mean, just look at you know, look yeah, at no city. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, Kansas City, you know, you paid Patrick Mahomes, and then it, there's nothing. And when I say overrated, I let, let's let let me before I continue, let me let me say this. I I I do give you give you crap here. I do think Justin Herbert's a top ten quarterback. It's just you know coming into the season, they were saying he was a top three quarterback. I don't. I don't oh no, I've never thought yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And, and, that, <laughs> no. and that's kind of where where I I say yeah, he's a little overrated. I don't think he's a top three quarterback. I don't think he's a top five quarterback to be honest. But but again, he's still a talent. I do think like Cody, like you said. He is is going to be a premier destination because of Justin Herbert. There's no way around it. He's a young quarterback. He, you know, he he checks all the boxes for what you want in a quarterback. So I mean, yeah, there's there's trolling the side. He is definitely going to be, you know, a high. Uh, there he's going to be a high priority list for some coach because, like you said, they do want to yeah. stake their their success beside Justin Herbert. That being said, you know, uh, going a step further, I do think Bryce Young kind of kind of will, will will be in the mix of that that argument as well. And and Cody, you hit it on the head. Let him these next two performances. If if it's anything, what we just saw Sunday, Bryce is not only Bryce is going to earn a lot of money here in the next couple of years. Yeah, let him dude, Bryce is going to he's going to win over some some guys and to want to come play with him. You know, you got yes. uh, you, you got uh, Mar- uh with Smith Marset already saying. Dude, I want to be with Bryce for a couple yeah. years. So, mm-hmm. You know, so and, and if that's any indication of what the rest of the league is seeing, because again, you got to think about it. These teams, they're on the field with them. They see him. They, they see him getting killed and get right back up, and then and going out there hooping. You know, that last drive, bro. I'll be honest, that last drive is just as good as any quarterback we've seen in the league this year. Chef's kiss. It was like yeah, the yeah. Last that last drive, yeah. the last three or four throws, bro. It was like. Bro, that is that's as good as any quarterback in the league that you can ask for. So. And that was all I asked for. Like I think yeah. the last time three of us were together, that was all I was asked for. I wasn't trying to say Bryce was a bust. I wasn't trying to say that he can't do it. I was like, look, dude, you got drafted number one overall, <laughs> like in the entire thing. You can't just be uh, a game manager. Like you can't just be like, like just accept it and just dink and dunk or whatever. They drafted you number one for a reason. I need to see it. What is it? And we had up to that point, we hadn't really seen it. Now, granted, some things needed to change around him. They finally put my boy under center, which I think has been the biggest change in his game because now he's got time. Like once he he does that play action or just goes back into his drop naturally from under center, now he's actually given himself some space and he's given the offensive line an opportunity to know where he is because <laughs> like that's the main problem. If you're watching the early games, and that shotgun, he's not dropping back further from when he first gets the ball. So he's like a step or two maybe back from when he first got it. The offensive line has no idea where he is. And a lot of times, dudes that are rushing in, they can see him. The offensive line cannot. So they're getting there in two, three seconds, and the offensive line doesn't know where he's at. If he's under center and he, he gets it and goes out like he's supposed to, the offensive line has a better idea of how far back he is, yeah. and they can protect better. Like, this is this is high school The Saints stuff. did that all the time with Drew Brees. Like, yeah. that was, was New Orleans Saints textbook. Yeah, and and, he, and what's happened? He's gotten more comfortable in the pocket. He's had more time to throw. He's actually starting to, to drop back in the pocket and climb up the ladder without somebody chasing him to do so. Mm-hmm. He's getting his, his strength underneath the throws, and they're going further. He's throwing deeper yeah. throws, and he's starting and, and, to be more accurate. I, I think part of that as well was, you know, he just – I you and we we all said it here before. I just didn't think Bryce was comfortable, uh, you know, in Frank Reich's offense. You know, he was never was never comfortable, never – you know, and the one thing that frustrated me the most, you know, those first eight, eight – first eight to ten games was you know they just never move the pocket like nope. dude Bryce is you know th- there's the pocket is not existing at, at most times move the pocket move him from being standing back there and getting getting killed all game and for instance that that, that last drop that's what you see 
you, you see the move in the pocket. You see him lying under center. You see him, you know, the play action boot, you know, to where yeah, bootlegging out. Yeah. 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 Dude, you're, you're forcing the defense, you know, one way, you know, so like, and then you're, you know, and, and, and that, those are things that Bryce did in Alabama that we just didn't see at first. Mm-hmm. And, and that was probably the biggest frustrating thing because, again, you, you're, you're putting it, you're trying to fit a, that was a big thing. You're, you're fitting a square peg in a, in a round hole and it doesn't fit. And that was the biggest thing with Frank Reich's office that we're now seeing with Thomas Brown that things have changed. Like we are moving the pocket now. We are, we are running a more power style run, run game. You know, you, I mean, you you are getting guys open downfield more now. And I feel like that was kind of the biggest thing that we didn't see earlier in the year. I'm seeing too. And I noticed it in the green Bay game, they're starting to scheme the the wide receivers open as opposed to just hoping they get open. Right. Cause there was a couple plays where they had Thielen start off like at the top of the formation and he'd go and then cut across like the middle of the field. Like, and because they were playing zone. So basically, he's just running to that sweet spot of the zone where there's nobody at. And Bryce is anticipating it. So by the time he throws it, it looks like Adam Thielen has no one around him for five yards. But that was and, a designed play to get and, to that part of the zone. And, Dez, we don't talk about this enough, man. We, we're we starting to see the personnel that, that needed to be on the field more. Like, with Stephen Sullivan, I've been saying this since camp. Sullivan yeah. has needed to be on the field. I've been rough on Tommy Tremble. Tommy Trimble has been needing Yo, the ball. Yeah, yeah, Trimble's been showing out the past couple. Yeah, of man, Trimble Hubbard, Trimble Hubbard, running hard, man. Absolutely yeah. right. Oh, and shout out to uh, Gabe Jackson, the guard they signed, because there's oh, been man. a stark difference in the yep. offensive line since he started playing. Um, and like, and look, I know we're kind of all over the place here, but dude, DJ Chark, and I feel like a game and a half has done nothing all season, and now he's going from this guy where you're like. Well, damn, maybe we do bring DJ back for another year. He could like, be a he's already got, on my he's, team. Yeah. He's already got that continuity with Bryce. If you do get a Ben Johnson, Ben Johnson knows how to get the best out of a DJ Chark. They work together in Detroit. So it's like, man, just a man, what what a couple of good games will do for your stock, huh? How would you feel if uh I sold you guys a bill of next year, Adam Thielen, Jonathan Mingo, DJ Chark? T. Higgins as our core four wide receivers with Chuba in the backfield, Bryce uh, under center, and they fix the O line in terms of just you got to get another weapon. You, you, well, I yeah, mean, you, you got to draft somebody. Yeah, or you got to draft one. And yeah, you got to get somebody like T. Higgins, man. Probably with hey. the second pick, with that, yeah, that second yeah, round you, pick. You, get you gotta, your speed uh, guy. Maybe if it, if if it's not an O lineman, it could be yeah. an O lineman before a, a receiver. But well, my yeah. my point being, if they get somebody like a T. Higgins. Or someone that's going to be a free agent going into this offseason at wide receiver. There's going to be a bunch of free agent wide receivers. And T is the first one I came to mind, played for Clemson. It's going to have fancy already. He's that's a dog. He can be a number one. He's just not a number one because of where he's at. He's he's in Cincinnati with Jamar right. Chase. Like, but I think he can be a potential number one and grow with Bryce. They're about similar in age and everything else. Mingo's kind of come on a little bit the past couple of weeks in terms of actually catching the football. Um, I don't know. All of it just seems like it seems like it's gotten slower, not just for Bryce, but the whole offense. Like maybe DJ was going too fast. Maybe uh, Thielen was focusing too much on helping the team because he was the only one catching the ball. <laughs> maybe Chuba was just overthinking it. And it feels like they've been allowed to just kind of relax and have fun and go play football. And Bryce has been able to cook a little bit because some of those breakdowns on that last drive weren't designed to the play. He literally had to kind of just turn the schoolyard ball. And that's what he did best at Alabama, to be honest. Like when he had to break it down and just kind of bootleg out and find somebody, he's mad accurate doing it. Like he, man, he put some of those balls, that one ball he threw to Thielen that like only Thielen could get. And Thielen had to like catch it like this on the run, like cross his body. Like I can't even explain it really 
He was running in front of him. He threw it, so he caught it left-handed. So it came across his body, and he's parallel to the sideline. He's turning up, and like if he'd had an extra half a yard, he would have been able to turn up, and there was nobody in front of him. And like, yeah. you know, yeah, what I mean? I'll make the argument: you got a faster receiver. That's a house call, man. Yeah, like, I, 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 I totally agree. Like, you, you, you get a faster receiver. You get somebody like Troy Franklin on on that crosser route, and bro, that's a we're, we're looking at a fifty six yard like play. Um, so, yeah. yeah, hey man, I'll take it a step further. There's the the ball he threw to DJ Chark on the sideline. The last ball he threw uh, to uh, the DJ Chark on the sideline. Yeah, dog, that bro, that by far, like I said, that's probably some of the best throws I've seen from a quarterback all that that whole Sunday. I think like, I stood up in my living room. It's like that's what I wanted to see. Yeah, <laughs> like, really like bro, like, layer it over the corner. Yeah, right, uh, like right before the safety, put it on the sideline for DJ Chark to make a play. DJ Chark makes a crazy catch on, on the side. Like, bro, that's exactly. that's. Carolina Panther football, bro. Yeah. I th- there's some things to work with here. It's funny that we have to get to the interim head coach before we get to this part of the season, like the past couple of years, where we're like, hey, we got we got some things we can work with here. I don't like that feeling because <laughs> we've done it now like three times in like five years. Where we're like, oh hey, okay, we, we got some stuff. Let's just see, let's just see what's gonna happen. Um you want to put that up real quick. Yeah, uh, let's see what this is. Oh, that's, that's the throw. Oh yeah, yeah bro. That's it, yeah. bro. I, hey, I'm I, well. Of course, yeah. I had posted on Twitter like I was at the bar with Kev and Will from Four Man Rush, bro. Mm-hmm. I literally was screaming in the bar by that by that throw. I was like, "Yep, you, that was the video I saw." Was that you? Yeah, going bro. Like, I was like, "Yep, that's yeah. it. That's, that's the throw I need <laughs> to see." Yep, that's. I, I was different mm-hmm. time. Well, look, man. How about this? I, I'll even take it a step further, right? If uh, if we get off the field on that third and four, which we all know wasn't a catch. Okay, let's oh, establish yeah, that. that. Yeah. Not, not, not only that, but the ball shouldn't have, it should have been a penalty. It should have been a delay of game. The ball was still in the hand of the center when the clock was at zero zero. Oh, but you're whatever. right. Yeah. If if yeah. if that goes the way it's supposed to, I have no di- doubt that Bryce marches us down the field the very next drive and we're getting ran to school. I, you know, it's, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was thinking about that uh, after it happened, we didn't get it. I'm like, well, technically that's what's supposed to happen, but Right. I watch games all the time in the NFL where I'm watching the clock and it's like the line didn't snap it in time before it hit zero or something. Or or I'll see two dudes like the guard and the tackle actually jump before the, the ball is snapped and it's not called like little things like that where you're like the timing's a little off. And it feels like the refs give them like a little once the clock hits zero, there's almost like a half yeah, a second yeah, most, push and like they give it before they blow. Yeah, you get like half yeah. a beat after it hit zero. So it's, it's zero. Mm. And then if, that's the if, case, if it's not snapped, they kind of throw the flag. If yeah. that's the case, he snapped and and uh and spiked that ball with like less than a second to go. Like he literally, I think they got it off. Then they just were like, nah, it says you're on the board, can't do nothing about it. I'm like, because <laughs> that's not what you did earlier in the game. So they who knows? It, that might have been one of them situations where you send Eddie Panero out there and he kicks a 50-yard field goal and they win the game going away, and that just changes everything again, like they did the year the week before. So I, all it did was make it where the next couple of games will be interesting for us to watch. And I think that's what we all wanted. We didn't want a repeat of what we'd seen the first 13 weeks where it's like a, the same rock fight every week and you kind of know how it's going to end. The first two weeks we've had here without Reich where it's felt like they could actually do something. Like, let's see what they do. And I've gone to each game like, I'm optimistic. Let's see what they do. I don't know what they're going to run, so let's just see what happens. And they've kept me entertained. That was a very entertaining game Sunday. I was very happy they gave us a game on Christmas Eve that was, like, fun to watch. And even the announcers were saying it. They're like, this has been a fun game. This has been a great game to watch. Blah, blah, blah. Jordan Love played pretty good, too. So um, they got the Jaguars Sunday. We're out, we're out of time. Matter of fact, flip over on the Tobacco Road YouTube channel. You can watch the uh, the premiere 
of the new episode of the Cat Cave with uh, Ryan Frick and Michael uh, Davis. That's on right now. So all you got to do is go out of this, go to the main page and flip down to it, and you can watch that. They'll talk all about the game from Sunday, stats, and more. Um, we've got the Jaguar Sunday. Looks like Trevor Lawrence will not be playing as it stands right now. He has not practiced in a couple of days. He's got a, a sprained AC joint and his throwing shoulders. So, oh, I did not know that. Oh. Yeah. So he might not even be out there. Um, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he got it. He was reaching for first down uh, last Sunday night and got tackled out of bounds and slid out towards the bench or something. And, and hey, it. fellas, if we, we we put up a good game, man, I'm. Mm-hmm. I, y'all already know how I'm acting. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. so yeah, so I don't have to go. I don't have to preface that by anything. But hey, man, that's that's going to be fun football uh, Sunday, man. I, I didn't know Trevor Lawrence wasn't playing. Yeah, well, he, they haven't ruled him yet, and the Jags are the type where they might let him not practice all week and still throw him out there, which would be that's crazy. What the week, that's what they did the week before. Uh, yeah, so he, he can still play. Really he might come out there today. Sunday and warm up and be like, you know what, let's go, and then do it because I didn't think he was going to play. What was it? Uh, a couple weeks ago when. Did he have a concussion or something? What was it? He got no. He sprained his uh, ankle. Oh, I think it was an ankle. Yeah, yeah, he sprained his ankle or something like that. Played yeah, the next it week. A, it was a lower. <laughs> he played lower the next leg. week. Oh, and and one more thing before we go. I didn't realize that somebody mentioned it in the comments. Congratulations to Julius Peppers, who has been nominated uh, one of the fifteen finalists to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, that just went down in the past hour. Uh, the remainder of the finalists, Peppers and tight ends Antonio Gates, are the only first year eligible nominees in this year's final fifteen. Um, the remaining finalists are cornerback Eric Allen, defensive end Jared Allen, offensive tackle Willie Anderson, guard Jari Evans, defensive end Dwight Freeney, safety Rodney Harrison, uh, receiver returner Devin Hester. Oh, he's getting in. Wide receiver Tory Holt. Oh, wide receiver Andre Johnson, running back Fred Taylor, wide receiver Reggie Wayne. Damn. Uh, linebacker <laughs> Pat Willis and safety Darren Woodson. There's some wide receivers. Uh, not all y'all can get in. Holt, Johnson, Wayne, all y'all deserve to get in. Wow. Um, and and notice our buddy Steve Smith is not in that because primarily because the names I just yeah. rattled off they're a log jam at wide receiver. So um, maybe another year I'll have to wait. But how many not, years are you allowed to be in the running before you're not? Uh, I want to say it's like five. five. I thought it was five. Yeah, I think I it's five. five, and then you move to the um the the legacy category, whatever it's yeah. called. Um. So but, what? This is Smitty's third year not making it or second? I think it's the second. This is because it's it, you got to wait five years after you retire before you're even eligible, and then yeah, yeah then, 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 the I, then I think you get five because Donovan McNabb. Um, I think yeah, it was five years before they put um, you know, before he just wasn't eligible no more. Right. Yeah. So if he gets in, it'll be like in that legacy thing on the back end or whatever. Right. Or right. Ones get in on, but I think Smitty will get in eventually. Peppers should be first ballot. Uh, we've all said that, so that doesn't surprise me that he's in the, the finalist. He's fourth all time in sacks. <laughs> like he's gonna get in. Like so, uh, you want to talk about game changer? I think that was Julius Peppers when he wanted to. Um, let's. Let's stop it right there. Uh, felt good to be back. Hope everybody had a happy holidays. Be safe this uh, New Year's Eve weekend. Uh, you know, Popo going to be out there trying to get everybody. So just be be cool. Be wherever you're at. Stay there. Uh, enjoy yourselves. And hopefully by the time we get to, you know, the ball dropping, we've been celebrating a, a second consecutive Panthers win uh, on Sunday afternoon against the Jaguars. So we'll see what happens with all of that. Um, got a little bit of optimism going on here. Believe in Panthers will be on uh, Friday um, due to bowl season and a couple of other things that we, me, Stu, and uh, Skylar had going on. We'll be on uh, Friday at, mm, I think, 930, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I'll go check that time again. So um, definitely stick around for that later on in the week. For uh, Monty Fetty from the Four Man Rush, from Cody Lashley from the Carolina Cat Chronicles, 
I'm Desmond Johnson from Tobacco Road Sports Radio. You've been watching and listening to the Embrace Debate, a Carolina Panthers podcast here on the Keep Pounding Podcast Network, powered by the Fans First Sports Network. We'll see y'all next time, probably next week. Keep pounding. Keep pounding.